Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And we say it differently. We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, I, I, I want on today to just share for a few moments uh, from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, I've actually a few months ago, I think, preached from Nehemiah. But Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 12. And I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. Nehemiah 8. 9 through 12. And here's how it reads. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Come on, let's, let's pray. God, we bless your name on today. We bless your name on today. God, every day we rise, we are amazed by the magnitude of your creativity. We are humbled, O oh God, by the depth of your imagination. We are grateful that with all of your creative power, you are still mindful of us. We know, oh God, that at times we've disappointed, haven't been our best. But here's what we celebrate. When we are, have been at our worst, you never stop giving us the best of your love, oh God the best of your grace, the best of your mercy. We thank you. We thank you. Now, oh God, we pray that your words, the word that is declared today, would hit all the necessary marks, oh God. Let your word do its own work. And we'll be sure to honor you and to honor your faithfulness towards us. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. 
God, if we had 10,000 tongues, it wouldn't be enough to express the depth of our gratitude. Thank you. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah 8, verses 9 through 12. Here's how it reads. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way, eat and to eat and drink, and to send portions, and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. I want to lift up a very famous line, a powerful line. Songs have been written about this line. Prayers have been prayed about this line from the prophet, from the priest, rather. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. This morning, I want to speak just briefly, beloved, from this idea. Or this directive, I should say. Stop being so hard on yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. I speak those words not out of theory, but out of lived experience. I know I'm not the only one who is viewing today or is even in this building who has had moments when you have been too hard on yourself. Sometimes the hardest person to please is you. You can be your worst enemy, your worst critic. That no matter how much good you do, you often have a tendency to only fixate on the negative, the bad. If you're like me, I was one of those people that no matter how much good I may have done, no matter how much good I may have accomplished, I always saw the flaw. I always saw the thing that was wrong. I always got fixated on what I didn't get right. I lived that life, and again, I know I'm not the only one who's lived that life, and that kind of existence comes from a particular kind of trauma and sometimes a particular kind of insecurity. We always find yourself in the mode of having to prove yourself, and when you find yourself in that space where you're always trying to prove yourself or to gain approval, the truth is there's nothing you ever do that will make you be satisfied Because at the end of the day, no matter how much you strive to prove yourself, if you're not content with who you are, you will never feel good about what you do. I know I'm not the only one this morning who can testify of that, who knows what it means to be hypercritical of yourself, too hard on yourself. 
because of some mistake made, some flaw, some oversight, some inability, somewhere and something that you think you may be lacking in or not able to achieve. We have a tendency. And one of the things and reasons we have a tendency to be hard to ourselves, and I've said this numerous times, but I say it again this morning, is because we are often comparing ourselves to other spaces, places, and even people. We often find ourselves engaging in that comparison game, and we often compare ourselves to people who we think may be doing more or doing better, while at the same time, there's somebody who's comparing themselves to you because they see what you've done as major achievement, and they see it, but you don't see it, so you're often chasing but missing, trying to be and not embracing your being. It often happens to us, no matter who you are, no matter how smart you are, No matter how much you've accomplished, sometimes we have a hard time staying in the moment and celebrating who we are. It was just this week at Midweek Motivation that I entitled on IG Live, Learn to Bask in the Glow and the Glory of Your Light. Bask in the glow and the glory of your light. That sometimes we feel ashamed of celebrating ourselves. And so instead of celebrating, we become hard on ourselves. We feel ashamed of of lifting ourselves up because we're worried about if people are going to think we're conceited or arrogant or is he or she full of themselves. No, because at the end of the day, when you know your heart, you don't have to be concerned with opinions. When you know who you are and where it comes from, you don't have to be concerned about what people think. You begin to live your life in such a way that you're not afraid to shine your light, realizing that sometimes your ability to shine your light enables someone else to walk out of their dark. And when you're able to shine your light and celebrate you, you have no idea how it begins to push other people to begin to do the same work and act of celebrating what they've done. And why can't we do that at times? Because we are too hard on ourselves, because instead of fixating on what has transpired or where we may be, we're constantly operating as though we are in a constant state of lack. And so we become hard on ourselves. Now, you may be wondering, what is the connection to Nehemiah this morning? I'm glad you asked. You see, in the book of Nehemiah, and for those who may know that story, Nehemiah was summoned by God, a great commission, to rebuild the walls to the city of Jerusalem. And here at chapter 8 in the book of Nehemiah, you get the people coming together because the walls have been built. The city has not been completely built, but the walls that fortify the city have now been raised, and the prophet Nehemiah led the effort. And so what do the people do? They come together together. Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, they come, and in that moment, they begin to worship what had been done. They had been in exile. They came out of exile, and the city that was destroyed by their enemies were now being built. It was not all the way there yet, but the walls being raised was a symbol that although the city is not finished, at least the unfinished is still fortified. It was a time of great celebration. And so the people came together, and the priest Ezra was inclined by the people to begin to read from the book of the law. You got to see this scene. The people have gathered. The wall has been built. And the priest Ezra begins to read from the law. But as he began to read from the law, many people did not understand what he was even saying. Why? 
Because the distance between the time of the destruction and this time had been so great that this generation didn't really know about the law of God, the word of God, the story. And as they heard the narratives, the scripture says that it was the Levites who had to then explain to them what was being said from the law because the people didn't understand. The scripture says that as they began to read, the people began to weep, not for joy at the wall was built, but they began to weep because they felt so distant and disconnected from not just the law, but God. They began to grieve that they weren't better, that they didn't know more, that they did not really understand. Now, the Levites began to interpret to them what was being said, to interpret the Scriptures to them, but it still did not ease their anxiety because when they heard the words being read by the prophet Ezra, the priest, rather, Ezra, they realized how far away they had become from God. The people began to weep and mourn and grieve and cry. It's amazing how in that moment, They were mad, upset, because they didn't understand. Think about it. Former exiles who never imagined a day where they could come back to the city, who had come to the city that was in ruins, who had now built the wall, the first sign that the city would come back to life, and they couldn't celebrate what they had done because they were fixated on what they did not know. Hope you get this, beloved. They were being hard on themselves because instead of honoring what had been done, they came out of exile, came out of captivity, gathered their resources, pooled their resources, started to rebuild the city by building the walls of the city, had fortified the city. But instead of looking at what they had fortified, they were more concerned with what they had forgotten. They felt far away from God. In that moment, you can imagine the heaviness. Why? Because we've been there. I started here. We sometimes miss what has been accomplished, fixated on what we do not have or what we do not know or what we did not do. We miss progress. In fact, when was the last time you looked at your life and celebrated your progress, not just your arrival? If you know that you're better than you were yesterday, that's progress. If you've known you've grown and you may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you were, that's progress. Because the plan is not finished, you got to celebrate that you're halfway there. That's progress. And sometimes we don't know how to celebrate those stages along the journey because we think that the most important thing is the destination, not realizing that the journey is the true joy. It is the process of getting to where we want, the process of fulfilling the dream, the process of accomplishing the goals. That's where the true joy is, not just in finishing, not just in attaining. It is the journey, and the truth is, it's the journey that the greatest lessons are learned along the way. 
But we don't know how to celebrate progress. Why? Because we don't know how to stay in the moments of breakthrough. We don't know how to stay in the moments of accomplishment. We're always looking at the next thing, what we don't have, and what we didn't do, and what we still got to go. No, every now and again, you got to pause in the midst of what you're doing and reflect about your life, think about where you are, and learn to celebrate the gift that is you and what you've been able to do. Because if you don't know how to celebrate you, who will do it for you? If you don't know how to honor you, who will do it for you? If you don't know how to speak to yourself, encourage yourself, love yourself, celebrate yourself, who will do it for you? But the worst thing to do is to simply beat yourself over the head about who you are not and what you don't have and who you could have been and the things that could have happened. No, no. Bask in the glow and the glory of your light. Honor who you are. I love how as the people were grieving in Nehemiah 8, mourning because they didn't understand, mourning because they felt disconnected. The priests and the Levites had to almost jar them back in reality. Stop this grieving. Today is a day of celebration. Today is a day of rejoicing. Look at what they said. Go eat, drink sweet wine, have a good time. This is a day we never thought could happen. This is a moment we would not imagine. Years ago in exile and captivity, pulled away from our homeland, city destroyed. We could not imagine this day. Don't turn a day of celebration, a moment of celebration into a moment of mourning because you can't honor where we are. Because you can't celebrate where we are. Think about how many times in your life You've made moments of celebration become moments of mourning because you're busy looking at what you don't have and what you lack or what you should be doing. No. And I love what the Levites did. I love what the priest said. Stop this grieving. Stop this mourning. Today is a day of celebration. Why? Because we didn't even think we could make it this far. We didn't know we would be here. We didn't think we could rebuild the city on the wall. And yet we've started the rebuilding process This is a day to celebrate. Here's what they tell the people. Go home. Eat. For those who don't have, make provision. But don't you dare rob yourself of the moment to honor what God is doing right now. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of God. Now, 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 I've heard that, that scripture read so many times in my life, and, and they never really explain what the joy of the Lord is. We just hear the joy of the Lord is my strength. And, and what does that mean, the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord. What does the Lord get joy in? What, what in that moment, in that moment, in that exact moment, as the people are sitting there hearing the law being read, the scriptures being read, sitting there surrounded by walls they built, what would bring joy to God? Just what they had done. That would bring joy. Just what they had done. The ability to come together and build the walls of the city, that would bring joy. What am I saying? In other words, sometimes we're looking for the next thing to find the next reason to be joyful and celebrate instead of looking at the thing we're in right now, what we're doing right now. God is pleased with you. 
And somebody needs to know that today. I know you can find a million reasons why you shouldn't be pleased with yourself, why things are not working out, where you should be, what you should have, what didn't work out, what should have happened. I know you can find a million reasons this morning to be mournful and grieve and be upset and be depressed and feel down. But guess what? You're still here. You are here. And you may not be all the way at the place of arrival, but my God, you almost undermine God's sanctity of your own life by depriving yourself of celebrating where you are right now. Is everything been accomplished? No. Have you dotted every I? No. Have you crossed every T? No. But right now you're breathing your life. And as long as you're breathing your life, that means you got one more opportunity to do what you need to do with your life. But the worst thing to do is to sit around here moping and frowning, wanting people to ask you what's wrong because you garner attention through your own misery. Mm -mm. God has done too much for us to sit around. If you're still here, after all the hell we've been through, and somebody got to remind you to pause and celebrate, if someone has to encourage you to rejoice, look at what you've been able to do. Push through a pandemic and then lose your mind still here. Came through a, something that we've never seen in our lives and you're still here. No, stop beating yourself up. You have more to celebrate than to grieve right now. Stop beating, being so hard on yourself. Learn to Celebrate the gift that is you. Because the one thing that will stop you from celebrating you is listening to other people who can't celebrate you. The worst thing is to invest energy in spaces and places that don't desire the best for you. No. You've come too far. You've been through too much. You've endured much. Celebrate that. Have you gotten everything you desire? No, but you got life. Celebrate that. Have you accomplished everything you set out to do? Not yet, but you've done a lot. Celebrate that. Instead of being so hard on yourself. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was talking about his financial situation. He kept talking about how much money he needed. He started having conversations about what he needed to do to become a millionaire. I just sat there, listened, and smiled. And he kept going on and on about how he would get this and what he would need to do to invest to get this. And it's a conversation I've heard a lot. In fact, that's the nature of our culture. We got game shows. Who wants to be a millionaire? And I just listened to him. And in the midst of him telling me how much money he needed to be able to accomplish the things in his life he thought he would need. And let me be clear. I know he's not the only one having that conversation. Because when you often see yourself in a state of lack, you never think you have enough. Whenever you think that you're not good enough, you never think you have enough. And so he sat there telling me about how he would do this investment and how these investments are working out to get these millions. 
And then I asked him something. I asked you this morning. I said, name me three things that bring you true joy. Three things that bring you joy. I mean that when you do these three things, brings you joy. This friend of mine sat there and couldn't answer the question. He had just finished running on and on about the money he had and the money he needed to make and high investments. But I asked him what brought him joy and he couldn't give me an answer. What three things you could do and couldn't give me an answer. I said, so let me ask you this. If you got the million, what would you do anyway? Because at the end of the day, this is what I told him. I said, and maybe I was having a 50-year-old moment at the time. I did turn 50. So maybe I was having a 50-year-old wisdom moment. But I said to him the three things that I love to do that bring me joy. And then I said to him, I said, you know what? The three things that bring me absolute joy, I don't need a million dollars to do. Because when you know the things you do and can do to bring you pure joy, and when you can do them even right now, you're wealthy beyond measure. Beyond measure. When you can celebrate you and enjoy the essence of your life and find true pleasure in who you are, right where you are, that's joy. That's joy. So I love what the Levites and the priests said. Go home. Celebrate. Share what you have. This is a time of celebration. Because the joy of the Lord, that's where your strength comes from. And when you begin to lean into all that God has done in your life and celebrate that, that brings joy. I'm convinced it brings joy to God. That is the joy of the Lord. Just maybe where you can celebrate the moment you're in instead of mourning what you don't have. So to all my friends who've been hard on yourself sometimes for a lifetime, be easy with you. Love on yourself, honor yourself, nurture yourself, be kind to yourself, and lean in to the joy of the Lord and those things that bring joy to you because that is where your real wealth comes from. Come on, beloved, lean in. Let's talk to God. God, we thank you for still being the center of our joy. We honor you, O oh God, on today. And God, sometimes we forget that one of the best ways to honor you by showing gratitude, even in the midst of our lives. I know, O oh God, and you know there are so many times we are busy thinking about what we don't have and what we should be doing and what we could have done. Instead of being in the moment to say, God, thank you for where I am right now. It may not be perfect. It may not be the best scenario, but I'm alive. I'm living. And as long as I'm alive and living, 
I got another opportunity to celebrate. So God, for those of us who have a habit of being hard on ourselves, remind us, oh God, your love is still there. It still abounds for us. And if we cannot bask in the glow and the glory of our light, we can bask in the glow and the glory of your love, the love you have for us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And with that joy and with that ability to celebrate, God, I'm convinced that it will be infectious and we will learn to be present in the moments that are deserving of our gratitude. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen, amen, and amen. Listen, beloved, we thank God for all of you today. And remember, remember, and I know and I hope in some way, shape, or form, this message spoke to somebody today. Because you cannot live life beating yourself up. The world is going to try to do that enough. You can't be a partner with people to undermine you. Celebrate you. Celebrate those moments of breakthrough. Celebrate your progress. Celebrate your accomplishments. Because when you learn to celebrate, inherent to that celebration is gratitude. So listen, beloved, there will be no Sunday sermon taught back today. We'll catch you next Sunday. So until then, remember, we live, we love, we serve. Peace and blessings. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.